It's that time of year that most people consider to be spooktacular. However, beyond the ghouls and the goblins, there is something that's actually a lot more frightening, and that's reality. Oftentimes, as people, we deal with reality or try to hide from reality by putting on masks. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about tonight with our guest, Adelaide. We're going to listen to her song and watch her video entitled Masquerade. Everyone, welcome to Raven's Heart, and I hope you've got your coffee. I got mine and my Get Revelation Rockfest coffee mug, which does make it taste better. And before we get to the interview, if this is your first time watching us on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe and ring the bell so you don't miss any exciting editions of Raven's Heart. And with us this evening, we have Adelaide. Welcome to the live stream. Thank you so much. It is so exciting to have you here. And as we were talking about at the beginning, and you're like, well, that's so cool. We can do that. We got comments rolling in already. We got Jermaine, and he says, good evening. Hi, Jermaine. Hi, Jermaine. <laughs> he is from the band Tricord, and uh, he, he's a really cool guy to hang out with. Well, I want to talk tonight specifically about your song and the video entitled Masquerade. What was it that inspired you to write this song? Was it an experience that you had in life or was it something that God revealed to you through his word? So in that season, it was kind of a shifting season for me personally. Um, the whole album, Strong and Brave. So Masquerade is on the Strong and Brave album and it it has a, it has a certain tone and a lot of it is kind of uh, talking to the church and you know, how we were kind of missing it. Um, and so that that song, you know, there were a lot of things on my heart, a lot of things I'd been, you know, noticing for the first time in my walk with Christ and just, you know, traveling as a musician really opens your eyes when you're going to different places and you're going to different churches and you're meeting new people all the time. And, you know, you're, you're in that world and that realm and you're hanging out with bands and artists, some that you're just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm, I'm sharing a green room with these people. And then some that are like, you know, introducing, we're introducing, you know, ourselves to people that are in the same stage of, you know, their career, their musical career as we are. So, um, but it's amazing how many, I guess my eyes were opened really by seeing so many churches kind of at war with each other, whether it was religion or race or politics, whatever it was. Um, and it was really disheartening for me personally. So it was kind of a, kind of an, um, I guess, a, um, I don't know how to put it, wake up call sort of for the church to kind of realize, you know, we're wearing a lot of faces when we're, and sometimes those masks are, you know, our, our church is better than yours, or maybe it's, we're just little, literally using our masks to hide sin and, those things aren't being addressed in the church because it's such a scary topic whenever you deal with, with sin in the church. So 
that's kind of where it came from. It, it is scary stuff when you have to deal with reality and you have to deal with the things that you're falling short in before God and, and have to see that. And really the areas that you're falling short in as the body of Christ as well. People just don't want to talk about that. And that's what we we're talking about at the beginning. You know, you just hide from it. And uh, Jermaine, he's just not watching tonight, but he wants to let you know that he is totally a fan of Adelaide. Wow. Well, thank you so much. What is the message that you want the listener to grasp or the viewer to grasp when they listen to or watch the video for Masquerade? Um, well, what's so funny is we've had like even our guitarist's dad, like we have so such creative people in the band when we were, you know, brainstorming stuff like this. And when I wrote the song, I kind of had this visual of how it was going to look on screen. And Bayless did the recording production and, and a lot of that. So they sat down and listened to our ideas and kind of rolled with it and added a lot of a lot of really cool concepts to it and made it what it is. But it's so funny because our lead guitarist, Jake, his dad, he's like, my dad watched the video and he just he's like, I have no idea. I, I feel like you're trying to tell me something, but I don't know. I don't know what this is. Like, what does this mean? Does this mean something? Is it supposed to mean something? <laughs> because some people watch it and they're like, um, I feel like it's supposed to mean something. And you have other people and they just like are picking, oh, I, I see this in it or I see this or I see my own life in it, you know? So it's really cool how one story or one video you're watching can mean, can be translated in so many different ways for different people. Wow. Yeah. I was going to ask you if there's anybody who's watched it and they're like, I, I see it, but I'm just not getting it. And uh, I was wondering if that was the case because there's just so many layers of imagery. We're going to talk about that, but I hope everybody got their popcorn or maybe their coffee with pumpkin spice if you're into that um, to sit down and watch this because this is um, more like a short film than it actually is a music video. And we're going to play it right now for our viewers and our listeners. They'll be able to listen to it. And then when we get back, I want to break it down, uh, the imagery that's in here, and dive into some of the concepts of the things that you were seeing. We're going to take the deep theological dive into this, into this song. And this is Masquerade by Adelaide.
places, hidden faces, things we cannot see. Stories left untold, legends of old and hidden mysteries. Stand tall, mass fall, but before they hit the ground, I say prayer for you. Yes. Don't waste my time, waste your life living a lie. Don't dance with the demons that It doesn't get any better than that with the music and the video. It, when that came out, it just captured, it just totally, totally captured me. And we've got some comments as well. Um, I want to bring, oh, wrong, uh, wrong button there. There we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's the beauty of doing live, you know. Hey, but you know what? Nobody is going to know. Hey, we've got <laughs> Scott Morgan from the Rugged American Flag Company, one of the sponsors of um, Raven's Heart, Lithos Cry, and everything we do over here. He's like, wow. 
And uh, Scott, Scott's got a good ear and a good eye for stuff. The Crater, good. Crater, welcome back tonight. Good to see you. I says, awesome, great music video. And Scott Adelaide wants to say hello to you as well. Hi, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> and okay, here, I've been waiting for this and I knew it was going to come. Jermaine always uh, responds and writes in hieroglyphics. I call it Jermaine Ease. It's his own language <laughs> that I really can't read. So it's got all those fist bumps, hearts, fire, <laughs> flames, 100%. I'm waiting for the Rosetta Stone for that. So basically, <laughs> I do know this. That means that Jermaine likes the video. Before we talk about the elements of the video, how did you pull off such a complex form of art here? How, how did this all come about from a song to a short, basically a short film? So it was about this time, um, two years ago, we had sat down with Bayless and, you know, we said, Hey, we have a music video idea. We'd like to run by you. They had, they had released, um, ready, set, aim. There was, yeah. it was their video for ready, say, aim. And we're like, man, be so cool if they we could work together on something like this and they could help us come up with a, a video so we had a phone call and we scheduled it for may it would have been memorial day weekend and um so we had from october to may to kind of throw around first of all they storyboarded it and they storyboarded it like almost minute like minute by minute of the song and it was so cool but costumes um the props were actually made by um the band bayless or it was um was it all of them kind of had a yeah they had all it? were um but i thought that was cool like the throne and a lot of the props that you see um there were two locations it was shot at and it was shot in cheyenne were both towns or were both yeah. in cheyenne wyoming so um which was pretty which was pretty cool experience for us so we were there for three days we did a uh sat friday saturday sunday am i am i right friday and a sunday yeah sorry it's been a little bit no no saturday and monday saturday monday okay so we did saturday took sunday off bayless please worship at their church and then did monday uh shoot at the um at the ballroom so the ballroom was really fun it was really cool so a lot of people bought their own dresses and had their own costumes they were kind of responsible for that and then we had a couple of extras just in case and um a whole trunk those, full of of jewelry and, yeah, and all those dancers had been practicing for months yeah, choreographer. they had brought in a choreographer to work with them it was pretty amazing really really cool unreal uh, that is just absolutely amazing the way that it was put together. And it looks like you did have a lot of fun with that. Uh, you, you know, your acting is spot on in the whole thing. And we'll talk about that in a little bit more, just the expressions on your face through, through the video. But let's talk about some of the layers of imagery that we have going on here, because this is uh, a thinking person's video to watch. It's not just like, oh yeah, I see it and I get it. As we were talking about earlier, you actually have to think about what's going on. So there's two things that I see that I really want to know about. First of all, we have all the people that are in the ballroom at the masquerade. And what does the masquerade represent? And then we got that mysterious dude in the veil on what looks like an ecclesiastical chair that I remember from my days in the Episcopal Church. What is that? What does that represent? What do those two things represent there? So they named they nicknamed him the Pharisee, but he kind of represents evil, all this evil, you know, maybe Satan himself, whatever. Well, he had a bunch of religious symbols, symbols on him, yeah. things like that too. So 
the ballroom itself and everybody in it, it just kind of represents the world specifically where, where I was when I had kind of envisioned it was kind of like the church. You know, you have a lot of people in the church that are going about living their lives and doing their things. And I'm specifically talking about the Western church because that's just kind of like, you know, we have traditions of church. What church is more traditional here? And so the ballroom kind of represents that waltz of life. And um, the masks obviously represent, it could represent sin or just whatever it is that people hide behind. Um, but yeah, so, so there is evil lurking and that represents that you're looking at two worlds. You're looking at, or two realms, I should say, you're looking at the natural eye and you're looking at the spiritual realm. Wow. We have a question from Adam. He says, how long does it take to shoot a video and how hard is it not to sing along? That that's really the question. How, how hard was it not to sing along to your own song while you were doing the video? <laughs> it's easy when you've listened to it a million times. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Jake, he, he's a um, lead guitarist and he was in it, but he didn't, you know, a lot of the music. So, of course, his ears were on it a lot longer than, you know, mine were. So I'm sure he was tired of it. Too. <laughs> no, but um, it took quite a while um, shooting. Well, I think shooting obviously took a lot less than planning planning you know it's all fun but plan the planning phase went on and and we left that in the hands of the band you know jared and vanessa bayless we left that in their hands and just kind of let them yeah the preparation that they put into it the time they put into it leading up to that day the months that they invested into it made it pay off so that literally we shot this in two days one day was maybe six to eight hours in the theater and then the, the other day was a full day. I mean, it was, you know, 12, 14 hours that we were there for the second yeah. day of it. And that's the ballroom scenes. But there were so many different aspects to that ballroom scene. You know, the the scenes where she's running around looking at different things. She's outside in the hallways. They're, they're you know, the, the, I don't, the dancing demons and, you know, all those things like that. That they're, everybody's getting their own individual shots at the same time that they're shooting this big ballroom scene as well. So it was, yeah. it was they're, Bayless is really on. incredible. They're, what, I, what I always looked at this is you got somebody who's real creative like my wife, and then you throw in a band, another band that's full of creatives. That that collaboration of creativity just kind of explodes into something amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, Adam says, thank you for answering that question. Adam, that was a great question. And I'm going to dovetail off of that. Um, was there any catering? And was it how, what, what did they cater for the food there at a big production like that? I was the caterer. <laughs> he really was. I ran and got, yeah, basically we we ordered some food and I went and picked it up and brought it right. So I think it was sandwiches. Yeah. Um, and we tried not to get anything that people could get all over their costumes. You know, you don't want to get pizza and all of a sudden you got people. <laughs> it's like, oh, this ain't a gory scene. You know, that pizza sauce looks <laughs> <laughs> Adam's Adam's laughing along with us right now at that. And uh, Jermaine's bringing up a very good point. All the time that goes into the preparation for the shooting and the filming of the video, the the doing the filming itself, and then there's the post production end, which is a end of it that I'm kind of familiar with because I've done some of this. I used to do TV shows in Charleston, um, 
both on them and producing them. And I know how long it takes. And people are like, oh, well, that's a 30 minute show. So it takes you 30 minutes to do the post-production. It's like, no, that's not the way that it works. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of prep that goes into that uh, to do that. And Scott, he's he's laughing as well about the catering and the gory scenes. <laughs> You know, one of the most powerful lyrics in that song is your facade has become your God. Uh, I mean, that just, that's just like a knife right there, just cutting through everything. You're not mincing words at all. But what do you mean specifically by your facade has become your God? That line kind of holds hands with um, the line that talks about chasing, I want no part in chasing thrones in this masquerade because it's, you know, the facade is, we all maybe have our own versions of what that looks like, but um, it could be the mighty dollar or the, your job or, you know, whatever it is that puts precedence over your walk with Christ or basically what your image is. What is your image? That facade becomes your God. You worship that because you, you know, there are so many of us who tirelessly, try to keep that a front and that's your face. You know, it's, this is, I'm putting on this, this mask, this, and I'm going to wear it with pride and I'm going to show everybody I've got it all together and, you know, life is good. And that's kind of, we end up worshiping those things. So. Yeah. And I think kind of in line with that also is <clears throat> when you think about pastors and their positions in the church, that they're on these pedestals that people put them on, then a lot of times the pastors have to wear these masks of, you know, perfection or these masks of, you know, I've got it all figured out. And the reality is so many pastors struggle with depression. They struggle with suicidal thoughts because of having to wear that mask of, you know, making everybody else feel like they've got it all together. When inside they feel like their lives are falling apart. And I think that it, that's one of the aspects to wearing a mask that all of us need to kind of come to that realization that, no matter how good things are going, we're not perfect, you know, but we got a God, a God who loves us, who is perfect and his grace is sufficient. And in, in that sufficiency of grace, we can be honest. We don't have to portray ourselves as something that we're not, but right. being honest about ourselves. And that's where real ministry is, is when the world sees us as trying to be perfect, we're not relatable to them. But when the world sees us that, hey, we're, we're, we're human, we're, we, we have these failings, we have these struggles. But we have a God who carries us through those things. We have a God who lifts us up out of those things. And I hope that's a message that people get from this as well. Yeah, that is very profound. And the creator good, he's weighing in again. And he says, your facade has become your God. What a profound line. Jermaine says, that is so good. And I can, I can really relate to what you're saying here and what you're portraying through that song, Masquerade, and the video. Um you know, those that have been with the live stream and the podcast for the past four years know that I came out of a very um, abusive religious system. Uh, it was a cult that I came out of, and there were several, a lot of us that, that got out of it right here in old Charleston, South Carolina. And it was that everybody wore a mask there, but everybody was depressed. Uh, they were miserable. You know, you go in on Sunday, it was, you know, you could tell coming in from the outside that something just wasn't right sometimes, but, um, you know, those that were on the inside, you just become so used to it. You, you just, you're like, okay, this is the way it is. And basically what it came down to is the leadership on the throne 
at that organization, uh, they were the puppet masters running the masquerade. So I, I totally get what you're showing and what you're demonstrating in that. And, you know, not only do we wear masks, not, that's something that we do to hide ourselves from ourselves, other people, and God, but that is the primary tactic of the enemy of our souls, Satan. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Uh, Paul says, and literally when you translate the Greek, that Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light. He's the master of disguise. Um, what are some other instances where you've seen Satan do this? Um, maybe you've experienced it or you've seen it in the word. Can you shed some light on that? And really what I want to know is how can we tell if we're really following Jesus or we're following the one who's masquerading as the angel of light or as Jesus. Can you give us some wisdom on that? Well, I think one of the things, the first scripture that pops in my head is the Bible says to know those who labor among you. And I think that when we, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to work in us to discern the intents of the people that we're allowing in our lives, whether it's as a spiritual leader, like a pastor, or if it's a friend, I think that you know, that's one aspect that, you know, Satan ultimately, uh, one of the ways that I know for us that we've seen Satan work is through people at church. I mean, who, who portray themselves as friends and, you know, as good. And then you find out, man, what you thought you was getting into in a friendship with somebody was not at all what you, uh, received out of it. So I think that's one aspect. Yeah. I think my first, when I really, dove into like first, second, third John. Um, it's just full of, you know, don't, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. And that's a lot of the new Testament, but it really stuck out to me because more than ever, I, I mean, like I never, I guess I was kind of naive to it in the church. I always thought, <clears throat> well, don't be deceived by the world. Don't be deceived by, you know, what you, what you see out in the world. But then I realized how much of the world is, coming into the church and being given roles. And, you know, there, there are so many good churches. We've found really good churches, but we've also found some that just let all the wolves in and, you know, the core church, those that really are hungry for the gospel and really just love Christ and walk with Christ, they kind of get pushed aside to cater to the, the masses or, you know, it's like the numbers or whatever that looks like in that church or that situation. And I think that's, that's a clear um, example of do not be deceived. You know, that if we've talked about this a lot too, and we, we run a, a home Bible study and we, we talk about, we host a home Bible study and we talk about this a lot because everybody in our home study come from different churches and different backgrounds. And um, it's almost kind of like a little home church. And they see it in theirs and in, in their past, you know, like we all have experienced this and how heartbreaking it is and how, you know, you kind of feel defeated as a Christian when I guess I got kind of grew up to an extent where I just kind of like opened my eyes and I'm like, I can't, I didn't realize that a lot of this was going on or that, you know, that I had been deceived before too. But it's like, if you don't know God's word and you're not living in God's word, then you're going to be deceived. So, yeah. That's the key is being in his word and, and studying the Bible. And 
actually being in prayer and fellowship with the Lord as well. It's very important. You know, you say that as you grow, as you get older, Scott has a very interesting comment that he made here. He says, the older I get, the more I question my own walk. And that's okay. Um, you know, questioning, is this, is this real? Is this biblical? Is this what God is saying? Testing the word, test, testing the spirits. No, that doesn't mean going to grandpa's uh, liquor cabinet down in the, down in the basement. That means testing the spirits, trying to see if what you're doing is true or what you're believing is true in what you're hearing. And then he says, um, I feel that the mask is overworn by fellow Christians and you are right. Just walk in faith and not behind the mask. Wow. Jesus that's made not very us popular. No, that's no. Good. That's that good. is good. It's not popular, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Scott, th- thank you. Thank you for that comment. No, you're right. It is not popular to do that at all because everybody expects you to be a certain way. And that gets tiring after a while. Mm-hmm. It it really does, trying to keep that up. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break and we will be right back. We have a very important announcement. And I'm going to go solo here on the screen. Well, there I am, and I'm glad I got my hair just right tonight. But look what I've got in my hand. I've got my Get Revelation Rockfest coffee mug. Yes. And if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can, you too can have one of these coffee mugs for your coffee, your brew of choice, uh, whether it be pumpkin spice or black coffee, the way that I prefer mine. But uh, the big thing that I want to share with you is we have a very important announcement. And... Uh, We're going to roll right into that, and here we go. Hey, I'm Jennifer Benson with the band Ignescent, and we're excited to be at the Hanahan Amphitheater on May 13th, 2023 for Get Revelation Rock Fest. See you there. That's right. Get Revelation Rock Fest 2023, May 13th at the Hanahan Amphitheater right here in Charleston, South Carolina. Ignescent is going to be headlining the band, uh, headlining the headlining the show. They are a headline band. We also have The Last Trumpet. We've got Ziggy. We've got Suffering Gift. We've got Winner's Resurrection. And we've got Tricord and Jenna Parr coming back. And we got some other bands that we might be announcing later on in the future. You can go ahead and get your tickets at Lithos Cry. That's L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com and scott says gotta get one yes you do um you can get them the link to get them is right in the youtube video up at the top uh in the description as well as the facebook video well um thank you for allowing some shameless self-promotion right there (laughs) (laughs) we we have to do that (laughs) so Let's talk about your role, Adelaide, in the video here. You seem to be the only sane one in the room in this masquerade ball. As an angel. <laughs> yeah, I was on camera. <laughs> they could, so. oh, oh, say again, we, we dropped some audio <laughs> there. For me to be on camera, I, I charge too much. So. Oh. <laughs> too, yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> your role in the video i mean you're you're walking around you're the only one without a mask on and you're actually trying to get the mask off of people in the video what does your role in this video represent it represents those um that are awake i guess you would say um the best way to put it you're kind of kind of trying to snap people out of it and saying take off the mask look around you see where you are see what you're doing see what's going on it's like the lady in the ropes um when when you, she's dancing and then it kind of goes to the split screen where in the spiritual realm she's actually being controlled 
by desire or sin or whatever it is. And you don't realize until the end where she's just left, you know, when those, when she kind of snaps out and she takes her mask off, she realizes, oh, I was under the influence of something else, or I wasn't, you know, I was being led by something else. So, yeah. That's really profound. And I wanted to talk about the lady in the ropes and how does that translate to real life? Um, you know, how can somebody tell that they're being, how can somebody discern that they're being manipulated? What's the best way to discern that uh, either by the powers of darkness or by maybe a religious leader? What's, what's the best way to do that? Well, I think the number one thing is being in the word of God. You know, anytime you have somebody who their idea is just take my word for it, you should always question that because it's never about the authority of my word or the authority of somebody's opinion, but it always should come back to the authority of God's word to challenge and change us. And I think I think that's one of the keys is to realize, you know, that God's word is is a light unto our path. And too many of us, you know, we're, if we're not using that word as a light under our path, we're walking in darkness. And, you know, so my I'd encourage anybody and everybody to you know, realize that you have a responsibility to be in God's word and to learn God's word and to hide it in your heart so that whenever you got those times where darkness is coming, trying to pull you one way or another to, you know, to give, to cause you to give in, you have something strong to stand on to, you know, to light the path for you to, to, you know, to run away from the, the danger of uh, the darkness. Yeah. That visual representation of the lady with the ropes is very, very powerful. Can you share an instance where you've, somebody's reached out to you where they've been touched by this video or this video has helped them realize where they were at and they've been freed from their mask or they've been freed from the ropes from watching this video or even just listening to the song? I don't know if I've ever gotten a um, personal contact. I mean, like we've had people reach out and say, wow, this is powerful. I see, I see the spiritual significance of it, or I see how this applies, you know, in my life or, you know, cause I've always been vocal about it, you know, representing the church or representing Christians because, you know, the world tends to think we're always scolding them, <laughs> but it's kind of time. I think it's kind of like the wheat being separated from the chaff right now. We see a lot of um, churches being invaded by sin and being told that, you know, sinful issues are political issues when they're not political at all, they're spiritual issues. And so we see that in the church a lot now too. And obviously that kind of deception looks obvious to the believer who's lived in the word and isn't looking for, you know, the, the believer that says, I, you know, I am nothing without Christ. I was nothing. I was in the darkness. I was, I represented that person with the mask on before I found or came to know Christ. So, and Christ is actually um, the focal point of the music video. So I kind of draw you to the hourglass because it's pretty important. It's, it's saying this is a countdown to judgment and we're all going to stand before God and we're all going to be judged. You know, all these people running around saying, well, you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. First of all, the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> it says, <laughs> judge not lest you be judged. <laughs> but, um, 
I don't know. I, I think that, you know, the, well, first of all, the man in the white coat represents Jesus and him coming. And I don't know if you're going to get to that in questioning yet, or if I should spill the beans. <laughs> Go ahead and spill the beans. <laughs> okay. So um, towards the end of the video, when that door opens, it represents judgment and the, the time runs out and all the masks fall off of everyone's faces because in judgment, we're not going to be able to hide anything from God. Those masks are coming off. He sees behind them anyway. And so, you know, the significant, I mean, like I wasn't like leading people into that. I was just confident in saying, this is what I was telling you all. This is why I was trying to tell you Jesus is coming. You know, you know, we're all going, we're all going to stand before him and give an account for what everything we've done, said, and how we've lived our life. So that's kind of the yeah. The main and I think I think when you think about the scripture says judgment begins in the house of God, to recognize that the church's responsibility is not to judge the world, because the world judges itself by its actions and its deeds, but the church is to call each other to judge. We're not judgment, but to repentance, because the church is the representative of Christ on this earth, and if we are compromised we're compromising the message that we carry, right. um, the hope, the freedom, the joy that Christ offers. We have to have that in our own lives before I could, before I could ever give anybody else hope. I have to have hope before I could give anybody else joy. I got to have joy. And those things only come through knowing Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and produce that fruit in us. That is so well said. And I'm just so excited that you guys also lead a, a home church Bible study because it gives us the opportunity to dive a little bit deeper into these topics and not just touch the surface. And there's two things I want to talk about real quick is first, you are absolutely correct that this is a time of separation. Um, one of my pastors at the church that I go to, my wife and I, we were sitting with him uh, two weeks ago. And that's exactly what he was talking about is the wheat is being separated from the chaff right now. And I really believe, and I saw this when COVID started, that that's exactly what was what was going on. And I, I do want to bring this up because we do talk a lot here about Christian music, Christian rock and things like that. And I see all these videos. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Christian rock. It's it's going away. It's you know declining. And no, it's not. God's just moving the chaff out of the way to get mm -hmm. to the real stuff that's out there that a lot of people don't know about. And that's why we do this live stream is to give a platform for the wheat. And we're very careful and selective with who we bring on the live stream. Uh, there, there has to be something stirring in me and I have to feel led by the spirit to do it. The second thing is, you know, we've talked a lot about reading scripture and the importance of doing that, but I want to take it up one other level with what you were talking about with the verse, judge not lest ye be judged. Okay. There has to be biblical literacy. All right. You have to understand the Bible, the way to you, you can't read the Bible like you read, you know, a Sherlock Holmes book. You, you just can't do it. You have to understand the Greek. You have to understand the Hebrew. I love my concordance. I go to commentaries and take a look at commentaries. You have to really dive deep. And when you start doing that, I mean, sometimes it's taken me like a week to get out of one verse, you know, because I'm just stuck in there. It's like, oh, wow, the Hebrew means this. And, you know, it just goes on and on and then looking at the context. So biblical literacy is important. And Adam is, uh, he says, church equals accountability. Yeah. Well, you think about what the church is. The church isn't a building that we gather out of. The church is the people. And if I, you know, if we're the body of Christ and the bride of Christ, guess what? If my thumb is hurting, my whole body knows my thumb's hurting. If my, if my 
hand is dirty. I know my hand's dirty. I can, my eyes see it. My, the rest of my body touches it. It gets dirty. You know, there is that accountability as a member of the body of Christ and a part of the church that says, I hold myself accountable to the word of God and I hold myself accountable to my fellow believers because ultimately, like I said earlier, we are impacted or our witness is impacted by the life we live in and the deeds we're doing. You're absolutely right. And Jermaine agrees also. He's been feeling it too and seeing it. Yep. What the weed is definitely being separated, being saying that for the last three plus years or so going back to 2019, 2020, you can see it so clearly all these things, you know, I, you know, when churches were closing during COVID, I wasn't, upset when I was seeing some of them go away. You know, and I, I hate, I hate to say that, but it's like, okay, God's doing something here. He's shutting down. And when you go back to, I believe it's Psalm 81, which I believe that was year 5381 when that was happening on the Hebrew calendar, God literally in Psalm 81 talks about shutting the mouths because he's sick and tired of the nonsense coming out of people's mouths and just shutting that down so that the true gospel, so that the clarity of the gospel can go forth so that his church, his bride can be presented spotless. And that's what he wants to present to the world is a spotless bride. That's what this is. That's what this is all about. He wants that all gone. And that's the only way that will be presented to him is spotless. You know, we, you know, this idea that we're going to allow the world to end our our churches or allow the world to have dominion over us is so contrary to the word of God. I mean, it's just, you know, the Bible says that we're whitewashed by his word. And I don't know about you, but I want to be washed in his word. And be, be, you know, I always use the Bible as a say it's like a mirror. And when my wife got married, one of the things she did before she came and presented herself to me is she got in front of that mirror and made sure that. Her lipstick was perfect. She didn't have lipstick on her teeth. She wasn't flagging, you know, all these things, every hair is in place, you know, because how we present ourselves to our bride or, or you know, that I presented myself to her, she presents herself to me is vital and it's important. And when we use the word of God like that, it to, you know, reveal to us, God, the things that are imperfect, reveal to me, God, the things, you know, that are not lining up with who you want me to be or what you want me to be. And we use that to allow it to change us. That's where we become his bride ultimately because you know, if she came out and her hair had been all crazy and flagging all over the place and you know, stuff, I might've went like, hold it. Where's my real bride. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I did my hair before we went on the live stream tonight. (laughs) And Jermaine says, man, this is some good stuff. Yes, it is good stuff. And yeah, there's something else that you said, Adelaide, that I want to point out and I'm going to go there. I'm going to, cross the line a little bit here. You said, you know, it's time for the church and those that comprise the church to be awakened. It's a time of awakening. Um, She's not saying it's time to be woke. No. Okay. (laughs) There's a difference between being woke and awake. So that's what we need to understand. So my song Strong and Brave from this album, the first line in that song is, the threat is imminent, the winds are changing, so we rise up, everybody rise up. So that's talking to the church. That's the anthem song on the album that's talking to the church and says, you know what? You know, it's this the atmosphere you can't, you're sensitive to it if you're if you're if you're in a walk of Christ, in your walk of Christ, if you don't sense this, check yourself because um, there should be a lot of pressure on you right now as a believer 
um, there's just so much going on, not just in our little bubble, but in the entire world that is really should be moving the church and moving the hearts of his people and really to repentance and to revival and to prayer. Amen. And Scott says, glad you said that. Yes, I did cross the line. How much longer we'll be on YouTube after that? I don't know. So check us out at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-C-R-Y.com, where you can always find our content and our material. But now it, it has to be said, woke is a counterfeit of of the real reality it's satan's counterfeit of being awakened yeah amen yeah uh, we had a pastor taught us that or one of the things he talked about is satan has a counterfeit to everything god offers and you know it's kind of he'd use alcohol as opposed to joy you know i'm happy when i drink i've you know i've got it good when i'm out and when i'm drunk you know so yeah yeah exactly let's talk about jesus a little bit more um because really that's the reason why we're here. And there's another track that I want to play because, you know, we've been talking about the darkness. We've been talking about hypocrisy, which, you know, a hypocrite is a stage actor. That's what it means in the Greek is a stage actor. Um, you did another song, the feet of Jesus. And one of the lines in that song that really grips me is that he is for us. And a lot of people, even believers, and I have to admit, I'm going to be just gut honest. I've had a skewed view of Jesus. And that is when he asks us to be obedient and do things that it's going to be a life of misery and suffering and that it's not going to work. That's the, that's the religious mentality. But he is for us. He's, he's good. He's promised us good things, not destruction and not gloom and doom and despair. When you sing in this song, he is for us, what are you trying to convey to the listener? Well, I think, like you said, I think we all kind of go through these seasons where like, God, where are you? And I, and I have been through a couple of these where I'm like, okay, God, I've tried to be very faithful and I've, I've done, I've checked all these boxes, but this isn't working out, you know? And it's kind of like, and it's big things. It's not little things. It's like devastating things. And so you just kind of pour your heart out to God, but you have to, this is one thing that has kept me faithful and kept me is that knowing that he is good. And so I can't sit there and say, well, God, God has left me and he's a man because that would not be good. But I know that God is good. He is all of us good. So what is hell? It's the absence of God. So I can't even imagine or fathom what that kind of darkness would be. So I know that in, in those dark seasons, I just cling to the cross. You think about you know, the scripture, Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, you know, and that's just such powerful truth. And so cling to those things. You say, well, that my God isn't like all the other gods of the other religions that are dead and require you to do so much for him and him. And he sent his son to die for me. And I'm going to give my life for him because I know he is for us. We have a book from beginning to end that says how the story ends. And he's been faithful up to now. He's true to his word. And I know he'll be faithful to the end. So, And I think one thing that could be added to that is the understanding that all of us come to God the exact, with the exact same offering. We all come to God. The Bible says that our righteousness is filthy rags, that everything we have to offer that make ourselves good enough for him, our talents, our, our abilities, whatever it is, is filthy rags. 
So when we come to Christ, no matter what my past is, no matter what your past is, it all comes down to this. We come to God with the same thing, our filthy rags, and he takes that and the Bible says that he clothes us in his righteousness. And I think that only happens when you go to the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. If you guys can hold on, I want to play this track and we'll be right back. I think it's an appropriate way to close this evening, honoring our Lord and Savior, especially as we're entering the next couple of days. I, I can't stand Halloween. Um, <laughs> next couple of days of darkness, um, but there is light and his light is greater than darkness. This is the feet of Jesus. Lay your burdens down at the cross. Let faith be found, your weary heart will find his rest at the feet of Jesus, at the feet of Jesus.
Wow, that elicited some comments on the comment board here. And I want to go through those really quick. Um, Adam says, I love this song. So refreshing and such a strong reminder, reminder to fight through anything. And then he has uh, 1 Peter 5, 7. I'm going to go over to that right now where it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Wow. We, we often forget that a lot of times. And then Michelle Suzanne is weighing in and she's got her own language, just like Jermaine with all the emojis, but I do understand the amen in there and the comments are still coming in. We're going to keep going through these. This song is so peaceful. It literally reminds me of what it's like to be in the presence of God at his feet. You really captured it there. That's beautiful. And then Scott says, I have been out of church for one reason or another for the past couple months, but not out of faith. I needed tonight's message. Thank you all. You refre- you've been refreshing some people tonight. Oh, be, be, be encouraged. Be encouraged. And I have to do this for you because we have something special that we do here at the studio when we have songs that really do kind of elicit uh, a lot of comments Uh, We have our seal of approval. We have our own studio dog. Her name is Amy. She is our pit terrier. And uh, the feet of Jesus gets Amy's paw of approval. So you might not get a dove award, but you got Amy's paw of approval. That's all right. That's as valuable as a dove award any day. (laughs) (laughs) If you want me to send you some little silver paw prints to put on the the next album cover, I'll I'll send you some. Guys, do you have anything else that you'd like to share before we close out tonight? No. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having us and everybody who weighed in and, you know, listen to us for a little bit. No, we appreciate uh, the opportunity and just, you know, believe that God uh, has, has plans always to work in people's lives when, whether you uh, have it planned out, like, honestly, we had no clue what to expect from this. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a singer. I'm not a songwriter. I'm just the husband, you know, so just a blessing. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. We got one last comment that's coming in here. Let me pull this up and let me screen it first to see if we can. Oh yes. Oh (laughs) yes. Jermaine loves Amy. So there we go (laughs) with her paw of approval. Thank you, Jermaine. All right, everybody till next week, we will be back with divine martyr. If you guys can just hold on the line, we'll wrap it up after we uh, say goodnight to everybody. We'll be back with divine uh, martyr next week. And then the following week, um, Jermaine's going to be on with us. And we're going to be doing a video reaction. We've never done one of those before, but I think it's it's time to do that. So everybody, peace out and rock on till next week. Lithoscry.com.